You're listening to the Joy Junkies Show podcast, episode 296. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 296. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. We're almost at 300, bucks. Where are you? We are, we're creeping. We're creeping we're on three. We're kicking 300's door down. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Turning 300 here in no time. You know what? I'm looking at the date. It's So this episode is being released on 4-15. Okay. It's likely that our 300th will be close to my birthday, which is 5-15. Yep. Yeah. So... Mm. It's it's a it's a landmark year. Everybody's gonna, getting older, is ev- what you're telling me. Well, no, I'm just no, I'm saying it's a landmark year. <laughs> it I'm is a landmark year. I'm going to be 40 years of age, uh-huh. even though I look not a day older than 39. I was going to say 29. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and it's our 20 year wedding anniversary this year. Yes, it is. 22 together, and 300 Episode. podcast episodes. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty Landmark. remarkable. So, big year. Big year. Yeah. yeah. Big stuff this year. Big stuff this year. Well, Just got big stuff. We, yeah. Hashtag big stuff. <laughs> so excited to have you guys hanging out with us this week as well. And so we're, we're bringing back a, a topic that I think is really relevant to a lot of people inside of intimate partnerships. So we're going to be talking about five different relationship pitfalls that people tend to get snagged in and how to avoid them, what to do instead. And this is going to be a two-parter. So this is part one. Next week, I was going to say tomorrow, next (laughs) week, I'm going to cover off five more common pitfalls and how to avoid them again. So if you have been struggling in your relationship or you just want opportunities to grow closer or to finesse your communication, this is going to be really helpful for you. Now, if you're not in a relationship, or you are looking for relationships that aren't necessarily an intimate one, like with friends, family, business partners, etc., there will be a handful of things that will absolutely be applicable to those relationships as well. So I think some of the principles will translate, and I think it could be really advantageous for you to tune in as well. Hmm. Okay. So, cool. That sounds cool. And, you know, one of the things that I think is really exciting about this episode in particular is, wait a minute, do you... Do you hear a little something? I do. You do? I hear it. Can you hear I can barely make barely. it out. Oh, it's getting louder. It, oh, it, there it is. Ah! We interrupt this broadcast of the Joy Junkie Show to bring you this urgent free shit alert. Repeat, this is a free shit alert. <laughs> We're ridiculous. I just, I love that you go along with it. We're, sometimes. We're, sometimes I don't. You're pretty, sometimes yeah. you're like, I don't hear anything. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I can't, I can't know. I can't hear that. That's well, in your head. No yeah. free shit for you. No free shit alert for me. Well, okay, you guys. So that does mean that there is some free shit happening this week. So to correlate with this episode, I created a set of journaling sheets. So if you are somebody who processes by writing things out or taking pen to paper, I think you're going to love these very fancy 
journaling sheets. In fact, I had posed the question to my Facebook group and I said, do you want those sorts of things as freebies on the pod or do you, are you like, forget it, I have my favorite journal. By and large, everybody said, make me the fancy journal sheets. I love them. I love them. I love them. That's awesome. So we've got some for you that will coincide with all of the different points that we're going to talk about this week. And I, now that I'm thinking about it, that must mean I need to make some for next week, which are not created. Okay. Note to self. Note to self. (laughs) Just thinking out loud here. Spitballing. Just processing. This is my online diary. Did you not know? (laughs) So if you want to process some of this and channel it, be sure to go to the show notes page, thejoyjunkie.com slash 296, and you'll see a button right there where you can say, give me my journaling sheets, and it will pop up for you really easily, and you can follow along with us. Nice. Guaranteed, there's going to be things that we talk about today where you go, ooh, I have some shit to unpack there. Mm -hmm. And I will say, I am somebody, and I'm not sure if you're this way too, where I'm fairly, I have always been fairly resistant to journaling. I, I am. Definitely. You are too? Yeah. I don't know, man. For me, like, <laughs> I don't know. This tells you a little bit about me, maybe. I don't like having what I'm thinking in writing. Oh, for all to see? Like, yeah. What if? That's, right. I know some people like that where they're like, oh my gosh, somebody's going to steal my, somebody read their mm-hmm. diary when they were young. Yes. Uh, that's a privacy issue for me. Right, right. Like, my dad would go through my stuff. He'd go through my mail, and I just still probably have that little bit of fear of people seeing my private thoughts, so I just don't write them down. That's interesting. Yeah. I I know that I have resistance to it also, more so because I process audibly and out loud. Oh, okay. So I know, like, if I tell my – whatever I'm going through, if I tell, like, four people the same thing, I can process so much better. However, I am never regretful of journaling. It always – without fail, pulls up shit that I was not looking at. And something that I've learned as I've been going through my hypnotherapy training is we we will bypass a part of the critical function of the brain. And as we journal, we'll get further and further into the subconscious mind. Interesting. So you can start unearthing stuff that has has well beneath the surface just through journaling when we normally are kind of operating just on that conscious level which i've mentioned in the past is only about 12% of our brain function okay so that's where like logic and reason and all of that stuff is but we don't get to the real deep stuff like our beliefs about our relationship or things like that without bypassing that critical function basically and mm. journaling is one of the ways to do that so we're going to jump into all of that, but I think you might have a little segment. Oh, yeah. It, we like to call it the... Would you rather... And today, we have a would you rather that's pretty fun. <laughs> I like your delivery. Would you rather... Would you rather... Go on vacation with the Griswolds. Oh. Oh. Or... The family from Little Miss Sunshine. Man, I don't remember that one as much. Weren't they kind of assholes to her? To to, well, the, to the little girl? No, I they were, remember. well, the, the whole family was dysfunctional. That's the whole point of it, is they're both dysfunctional families. Jeez. But um, the <laughs> they both had dead grandparents in their trunks. I remember that. Okay. Um, wow. One was tied to the roof. Griswold's ties there to the roof, I think. No, one of them did. Okay. But yeah, just dysfunctional families. So the, the Griswolds were definitely, definitely dysfunctional. I honestly don't know enough about either one i'm 
I know I've seen Little Miss Sunshine, but that was years ago. Oh, for those of you who don't know, the Griswolds were on the vacation movies. All the vacation movies, mm-hmm. yeah. National Lampoon's Vacation. I think I think I'd go with that. I, I feel like I, I don't know. I I. I feel like I might have a lot more autonomy in that family and I could just kind of be by myself, do my own thing and fly under the radar. But again, I can't quite remember the other one. What about For me? You? I think I'd go with the Griswolds. They seem like they'd be more fun. Yeah. The, uh, the other family from Little Miss Sunshine was a little dreary. That's what, that's what mm-hmm. I recall. But I, but she seems awesome. So if she was my sister, that would be great. The the young one with the glasses? Yeah. Do you like yeah. how I automatically assume I'd be a child? I wouldn't be yeah. a parent. Or wait, what no. was the question? So I just travel with them. I'm not a child. Yeah. You're just traveling with them. Is it, isn't it weird, though, that I am... You I'm automatically not, went there. I mm. went to I'm the kid, not I'm the parent. Not the mom. <laughs> ah. <laughs> So we both go with Griswolds. We would love to hear what you would rather. And we discuss it every single week in my After Hours community. If you aren't aware of this, well, now you are. This is a free Facebook group that I have that is was initially designed to support the audience. And we talk about the Would You Rathers every single Monday, which is usually hilarious. And Mr. Smith cracks the whip on all of the loopholes. That shenanigans people, happening. Yeah, all the shenanigans. And then we do... <clears throat> Like a Tuesday open mic, Wednesdays is warm fuzzies, Thursdays I do a Q&A over there. So if there's questions that have come up from the community, I sound off on that and answer everybody's questions. Really, really rich, beautiful community of supportive individuals. So I highly suggest you come and join us. All you have to do is go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. That redirects you right over to the fam bam and we'll hang out and you can tell us what you would rather for this week. Be sure to grab the worksheets that go along with this episode. And now we are going to dive in and talk about these five major pitfalls that people stumble into inside of a relationship. And they are very, very much subconscious. Nobody sets out to do things that are detrimental to their relationship. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, it's either things that we've seen modeled for us, either by past relationships we've been in, or from our family of origin, our parents, and then largely in the media. Like, we have a huge narrative around how men and women behave inside of relationships. In fact, not to beat beat a dead horse about hypnotherapy, but I've been recently learning about how we engage in relationships and different types of sexuality and how we identify as sexual beings inside of our relationship in my hypnotherapy training. Hmm. And one of the myths that they dispel is that men want sex more than women. And it is one of those extremely pervasive societal narratives that is actually not true inside many relationships Mm -hmm. or for many people. I want you to keep that in mind because we are inspired to behave in certain ways inside of our relationship based off of some really faulty notions (laughs) about what we can or can't say or what men do or what women do. And I want us to dismantle all of that and just say, okay, what are the opportunities for me inside of this union? How can the two of us, whether we are same sex or not, or whatever your however you identify, that you can behave in a really, really powerful way together. So the first place that people get hung up is expressing your wants and needs when your partner can't hear you. Okay. You have to give me some details on that. 
Well, there's a couple of options. And thanks to you, I can give a lot of examples. Oh, okay. And uh, one of the examples, I should say, not options. One of the examples is when your partner is involved mentally in something else. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What does this ring a bell for you? Nothing. I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> this doesn't apply to me at all. We're both the same way. That's true. It just depends. So that's why I say when when their headspace is somewhere else, I oftentimes will tell you, you'll come home and I might still be working or something like that. And I'll have to say, let me finish this thought. Let me finish this email. And then I'll, then I'll be with you because my mind is very focused in that project that I'm working on. Yeah. So I can't just distract myself and have a total, totally switch gears. I know this happens for you. This just happened. Anytime you're typing. Yes. Sending a text, sending an email, watching sports, playing a game. (laughs) Pretty much it's the request of, hey, babe, I've got something to run by you. Let me know when you can talk. Right. And I think you and I have done a really good job of creating that, that freedom for each person and to not be offended that the other person is involved in something. Right. Right. What I do find sometimes in personal development or with students that I'm taking through Deep Down and Dirty, which is my primary signature program, is that they get all pumped up and all confident and ready to tackle tough conversations and ready to set up boundaries. So they kind of go into conversations with their loved ones, guns blazing. Yeah. I'm ready to talk. So damn it, you're going to be ready to talk. Even if the partner just got home from a really stressful work day and they're already at their limit of information that they can take in. Right. And then now you want to come at them. Now, there's delicate ways to kind of dance around that. And I'll link to a bunch of different supplemental pods in the show notes that I think could be really helpful for you. Ways to actually deliver things, communication tactics and things like that. But I want you to start really taking an analysis of how you approach people in your life when you need to express something. Do you pay attention at all to the current that they are operating in? Like, are they, what sort of emotional current are they in? Are they stressed? Are they frustrated? Are they peaceful? Are they receptive? Where are they? So that you can set yourself up for success. Essentially what that is doing is saying, I'm going to do everything that I can to allow this person to hear me. Yeah. I want to make sure that I'm delivering this information that's important to me at a time when they can actually hear me. I'm sorry, what'd you say? I wasn't listening. Yeah, I called her up. She gave me a bunch of crap about me not listening to her enough or something. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. (laughs) So you Hmm. have to, or it would behoove you to just pay attention to the receptivity of the other party. And this is a perfect example of something that could be uh, an in-law, a boss who maybe just got her ass handed to her by the powers that be, that might not be the best time for you to explain how you feel like your workload is just insurmountable. You might want to wait until they are in a different emotional current. Now, one of the ways to get around this is to simply ask for the time to talk. And that also sets up sort of the preface of, I respect your time and energy. That's something that that you and I have really nailed down even when we come home Oftentimes, because I've been home alone, 
most of the day. Although I have gotten some words out, I like to get a lot of words out with Mr. Smith. And so sometimes I'll say, where are you at? Do you need some downtime? Do you need to unwind without, do you need silence? And we will kind of ask each other, like, what do you need before we go into, hey, I really want to discuss something with you that I talked with somebody today about or whatever. Yeah. So it doesn't even have to be a massive in-depth conversation. It can just be pay attention to when you're communicating with them. Are they up for, for holding what you're saying? What that might sound like is to say to somebody, hey, I've got a couple of things to run by you, or I'd really like to share with you a couple of things that happened today at work. I really want to respect that you're just coming down from your day. What do you say we reconvene in 30 minutes? Yeah. Or if it's your boss, hey, wow, looks like some. it's been kind of a crazy day. I've got a couple of things I'd like to to bounce off of you or to get your opinion on. How about we set up a meeting tomorrow? Yeah. That way it's you're you're just being cognizant and it's not always about you. And there's a very real specific dynamic that happens with two people's energy. So when you can respect that a little bit more, you will by and large get what you need so much faster if you're setting yourself up for success. Yeah. Okay. So number two, assuming you know what your partner needs, most of the time. When your partner comes comes to you and they're frustrated or they're upset about something, most commonly that I see is one partner expressing how frustrated they are at their workplace or how frustrated they are with their family. <laughs> and they're telling their partner. Now, what do you think the the other partner, what is their instinct? What is most of our instincts? Fix it. Yep. Solve it. Give advice. Give solutions. That's usually mine. We, I'm learning, though. I'm learning. You really are. You really are. Be, six years on the podcast has definitely helped. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. The idea that we have is we want to fix it. We don't want to feel it. When we see our partner in pain, or this could be a best friend. This could be the best friend who's always bitching about their their partner. Or maybe it's a coworker who's always upset with their upper level or upper management. And you're instinct is to advise the hell out of it. Oh, here's what you need to do. Oh, well, I know what you, uh, you just need to tell your boss this. Or, oh, you just need to tell your mom to butt out of this. Or especially if you would handle the situation differently than how your partner is, that can feel so condescending and almost always infuriating because what you are doing in that moment is you're feeling. You are processing emotion. Mm-hmm. And the other partner, by fixing it, is saying, how about we stop the anger? How about we stop the sadness? How about we stop all the emotion? And let's just tidy this all up in a nice bow. Now, this is all very much subconscious. We don't consciously go, oh, okay, I'm going to stifle my partner's ability to feel emotions and just skip that altogether and piss them off. Huh, yeah. We don't do that. Right. It comes from a really beautiful place where we just genuinely don't want to see people in pain. Right. I want you to start feeling with your partner instead of fixing. Feel with them. Most of the time, they want an outlet, not advice. Yeah. And you can offer, you can say, hey, I, I do have some ideas, but I want to be the, the absolute best for you right now. How can I support you the best? What's helpful for you? Do you just need a listening ear? Do you want me to... Tell you my thoughts. Do you want me to just hold you? Do you want me to? How can I be amazing for you? Especially if 
those situations make you feel so out of touch and I want to help and I don't know how to help other than advice, then you just have to ask, how do you want help? How can I support you the best? That is such a simple, simple remedy. And it is a game changer because the other partner goes, oh, you're really hearing me out. Mm -hmm. You're really asking me what I need. Because also when, when your partner's bitching and moaning or is upset or is frustrated, they need gentleness. Yeah. 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 They need somebody to say, Hey, it's okay for you to feel that way. Even something that's affirmative, like, Oh man, that sounds really challenging Mm -hmm. or gosh, that must've been such a tough conversation with your mom, babe. I'm so sorry. Is there anything that I can do to support you? You know, I've got, I've got some ideas, but that may or may not be helpful for you right now. Tell me what's up, you know, and you can also have that sort of a conversation later and you can say, Hey, you know how earlier you were sharing stuff about how troublesome your boss has been. And you know, my instinct in those situations is to give you all this advice. And I'm pretty sure that's not what you're looking for. It's not helpful in those situations. What's the best thing for me to say? Or if you don't know, Feel free to circle back and let me know later. Something like that. Because sometimes when you talk about it in a different time, outside of the intensity of the emotion, you can say, hey, this is this would be really helpful for me. Right. When you're not super angry at your boss. Yeah, when the emotions aren't high. That's right. So we've got expressing your wants and needs when your partner can hear you, setting yourself up for success that way, assuming you know what your partner needs, knocking that off and allowing room for that feeling and not fixing and genuinely asking them how they would like to be supported. Number three, you've stopped with the niceties. Mm -hmm. The honeymoon is over. I think I would like to give us a massive warm fuzzy. What are we getting a warm fuzzy for? We're getting a warm fuzzy for our niceties. Our niceties. We are we are very nice to each other. There are times You're right. when I want to just take a screenshot, multiple screenshots of how we text one another. <laughs> because I don't think anyone would believe that they had been together for 22 years. Right. Because we decided very early on, and this was something that you came up with. You said, I don't want us to function like a business partnership. So if we were emailing or texting one another saying, hey, can you pick up almond milk on the way home? Hey, can you stop at Target and get diapers for Bianca? <laughs> you know, yeah. can you anything like that that's really operational? We made it a rule that we would not do anything businessy without saying something extremely amorous and loving. Hey, babe, I hope you're having an amazing day, or I've been thinking about you all day, or I really hope that meeting was awesome. I'm so excited for this new house, or, you know, yeah. we'll talk about other stuff outside of that businessy thing. And that has been amazing for us in, in all ways, all types of communication. Now, that has been something that has come relatively easy for us. But I think that it's something that people start off with in the beginning of many relationships and don't maintain, don't continue. Because then we have the stress of children come along or the stress of jobs or in-laws or economy or whatever it might be. Yeah, you name it. And we start to get lax on just being fucking polite. Like if you look back at your texts, it's likely that you are more kind to people you don't know very well than 
the person who you are sleeping with. That's true. Every single night. Yeah. It's just a courtesy and it's, hey, you are on my radar in a different way. I don't want to look at us as just get the tasks done. Just operate this household together. Right. I think that that is really, really important. So I would suggest coming up with something fun together where you can continue the niceties. Now, this can look a ton of different ways. This could be playing little fun games with each other. It could be debriefing your day every day together. It could be having a way in which you say goodbye. It could be fun. We have like a fun little handshake, which is one of our secret little handshakes that we do all the time. But one of the easiest ways to implement this is just to make the commitment to not communicate text, email, call without saying something loving. That's great. Period. That's an, that's a genius idea. Who came up with that? <laughs> Mr. Smith. <laughs> it really was a genius idea. It's, it, it served us well, for sure. It was because I was slipping into that. Of, mm-hmm. Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And it really was... No, like laundry or dry cleaning is never as important as us. You know where I got that from was um, one of my colleagues answered the phone and he's like, sup? Yep. Cool. Bye. Like that was it. Yeah. And I was like, Mm -mm. who was that? He's like, oh, that was my wife. And I was like, what? That's like what you do with a buddy. Like that's not your wife that you talk to like that. You know, you don't answer the phone. Sup? Yeah. You know, like, say, hey, baby, what's going on? Like, yes, yeah. You know what I mean? Not that anybody makes phone calls anymore, but even in text. Don't fucking call me. (laughs) Especially if you can text it. (laughs) Exactly. I love it. That's where I think it originated from is I saw that and I was like, whoa, I don't want to be like that. Well, you you can also see it sometimes. I mean, granted, this is making an assumption about couples. But it always kind of breaks my heart because the assumption I make when I see couples out who are, let's say, a little bit older and they all they're doing is eating and then they're not talking to each other at all. Yeah. Or sometimes it's even younger couples and guess what they're on? Their fucking phone. Mm-hmm. So even having things like, I'm going to put my phone away and let's really look at each other in the eyeballs and ask each other really thoughtful questions about what's going on in your life. Right? I mean, there's apps for that. There's all sorts of stuff. But the deal is, is we're making carpool, groceries, laundry, soccer practice more important. The logistics. Than the people who we are intimately, madly in love with. That's right. All right? We have got expressing your wants and needs when your partner can hear you when they're ready for you. Assuming what you know your partner needs, knocking that off and just asking them how you can support them the best, allowing room to feel what they're feeling instead of fixing it. Number three, implementing the niceties, starting to be kind to one another on a daily, daily basis. I cannot emphasize that enough. A lot of couples will think, oh, we just need a vacation. Oh, we just need to reconnect. You need to do those things daily. We know from a scientific standpoint, thanks to John Gottman, who I will link to in the show notes, who is a pioneer in all things relationship dynamics and what makes relationships actually successful. He has found through decades of research that by and large, the most important pieces of a relationship are the things that you do daily. It's not even the weekly date nights. It's not the trips to Cabo or the vacations or anything like that. It's how you engage with each other 
every single day. Absolutely. It creates what is considered a compound effect. Same way like you work out every single day, you will see a compound effect. Same thing with the relationship. If you're kind to each other every single day, you will see an effect of that. If you're not, if you let go of that, you will see an effect of that as well. Yep. Because you're compounding criticism or compounding neglect. So be sure that you are compounding the niceties and the kindness and what you want. One of the best ways to to inquire about this for yourself is to ask if people were to see us or hear us engage with one another, would they have any idea that we are in love? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. If they saw our text thread, if they saw our emails, if they heard us, would they have any idea that we are in love? And that may be something that you take some pen to paper on and journal in with those journaling sheets. All right. Number four, you only gather evidence for the shit you are unhappy with. This is pervasive. This is where you're like, well, figures didn't take the fucking trash out. Figures Mm -hmm. didn't pay the bill, never pays the bill. This is huge. So what you're doing is you're looking through sort of a monoscope or what are those things where you're just, it's a, like a telescope thing, but it's just, is it a monoscope? I don't know. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. What are those called? It's like binoculars, but one. Yeah. (laughs) So. What the hell is that called? I don't know. You got to look it up. So it's like you're looking through one of those thingies and you're only seeing what's in that tiny little circle. You're missing the periphery. You're missing all the other things outside of your, outside of that. So when you're super focused that your partner is messy and doesn't clean up around the house, you might miss how unbelievable he or she is with your kids. Monocular. Monocular. I was mm-hmm. close. I felt like there was a mono in there. Yep. Monocular. You're looking through the monocular and <laughs> all you're seeing is that one thing. So as I was mentioning, if... If you're so acutely focused on they're such a mess or they don't help financially, you're not seeing how incredibly kind it was that they brought your lunch to work for you or how they went to an event at your kid's school and just blew it out of the water and was was an incredible parent. What we often do is we see the little missteps and we overlook some of the most beautiful parts of our relationship. And then what happens? Then we become critical and we say things like, well, you never do this. Or gosh, why didn't that bill get paid? Or I have asked you so many times to put your goddamn shoes away. (laughs) And then the other partner goes, wow, well, why would I even try a romantic gesture? Nothing's ever good enough. Right. Or why do I even care about being a good parent? You know, he is always bickering at me or she is always critiquing me for working too hard or whatever it happens to be. One of the things that really drove this home for us was a way that we switched the things that we noticed as going wrong. So I'll give you an example. Many, many, many years ago, we had a shower head. Oh, and yeah. The shower head would, would, we could swivel it to be significantly higher or lower. <laughs> I'm 5'1. Mr. So she is, likes it higher. Mr. Smith is 6'5. And I like it lower. So, which is not the case. So he would, I would always put the shower head up because if I left the shower head down, he would get into the shower and bonk his head on it. So he had said, babe, would you mind when you get out of the shower where you put the shower head up so I don't hit my head on it? Uh, That would really mean a lot to me. So I said, sure, no problem. I'm happy to do that for you. 
Every day, without fail. I put it up, I put it up, I put it up, I put it up. One day, I forget to put it up. He bonks his head. (laughs) And he's such a beautiful human. He comes to me and he said, babe, so I realized something today. You had forgotten to put the shower head up today. And I went, oh my gosh, like right away, jump. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I really tried to do that for you. I'm so sorry. sorry. And he goes, no, no, no. I, I actually just wanted to thank you because the only reason I noticed that it was down today is because you put it up every fucking day. Every day you do that for me, something that you would never have to move it. Right. You know, and you do that for me every single day. And I don't want to harp on you for the one time you forget. That was sweet of me. That was so sweet of you. (laughs) And that has become a way in which we engage with those things. Yep. So each of us will say, Hey, I noticed, you know, just a reminder to do this, Mm -hmm. but I really want to thank you so much for, I'm trying to think what, what we've done. Uh, Oh, I did it with my dishes. Yeah. I got a lot better about doing my dishes. Mm -hmm. Just like in a text, you don't just say, Hey, don't forget the dry cleaning. Right. Right. You say, Hey love, hope you're having a great day. Would you mind getting the dry cleaning? So much better. Yes. It's loving. Yeah. It's lovely. I would encourage you to look for those opportunities inside of your relationship. Are there things that you've been so focused on? Like, oh, my partner has no drive or ambition or they don't contribute financially or gosh, they're so messy, but they've been knocking it out of the park in another arena of which you haven't been vocal. Mm -hmm. So that's the big Mm -hmm. thing that I'm talking about is... If you're going to be vocal about the critiques, you have to absolutely be vocal about all of the things that they're knocking out of the park. It is so incredibly important because if you don't, all that other person hears is where they're coming up empty, how they're not good enough. It doesn't matter what I do. And then that leads to, well, why the fuck would I do anything? Like I have have zero motivation to do anything Mm -hmm. because I'm only going to get yelled at. So start looking for those things that you can really celebrate in your partner and tell them. Just take it as a very, very small step. Even if you're frustrated with them a lot, find one thing that you can compliment them on and tell them genuinely and not in a backhanded way. (laughs) Okay? Like a genuine, kind, hey, that really meant a lot to me that you took the trash out this morning. Thank you so much for that. Like you didn't, you didn't do that. You're welcome. So I'll take the trash out tomorrow too. Awesome. Yeah. That would, that we were just acting out. (laughs) We're acting out. I actually need to take the trash out today. Yes. That would be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, babe. I'm on it. Got it. All right. Number five, you aren't making your relationship a priority. Here's the deal. We will almost always put our attention towards either what we're really, really good at or what feels emergent. So if we are really, really good at work or we get accolades or honors at work and our relationship is suffering or is hard to deal with or you're at odds with your partner, it's easy for us to overwork. We're good at work. Or maybe it's parenting. We can throw ourselves into parenting and very easily avoid and have a noble distraction to avoid the relationship. So that's how it happens when we are really good at something. It could be also that you're a huge biking enthusiast or you do trail runs or something like that where it's easy for you to just disappear on your bike or disappear into the trail 
instead of focusing on your relationship. We typically will go to the things that we're good at or the things that seem emergent. Now, the reason why I say seem emergent is sometimes they're not at all. Sometimes they're just urgent according to your mom or your neighbor or Mm -hmm. your bestie. And it's actually not urgent or emergent for you. But you feel like it should be. But it comes wrapped in a package of urgency. Mm. It's when your friend's like, I have nobody else to watch my watch my dog. Is there any way? And the energy is just, I'm so up a creek. And oh my gosh. And so we go, ah, it's urgent. Especially if you're highly emotional and tend to communicate or feel very strong emotional currents, then you tend to embody what other people throw at you. It's very common to start mirroring that intensity. It's the same way, like, if somebody honks at you and they're like, fuck you, uh, your instinct is not softness. Your instinct is to reciprocate. That's right. That's right. So absolute same thing is true inside of your relationships. This is about figuring out where do I get derailed? Do I tend to get derailed with the things I'm really good at so that I avoid my relationship? Or do I get derailed with the people who give me things or delegate to me or I get caught up in these obligations for other people's emergencies, other people's priorities. One of the things that I highly suggest you do if that's you is to unwrap the package. If it comes to you packaged in paper of anxiousness and urgency and no other option, unwrap it a little bit and look at it really truly and go, is this urgent for me. I understand that it's urgent for my boss. I understand that it's urgent for my sister. And how do, if I say yes to this, how will it impact my life? Or how does this uh, permeate my relationship? If I add one more fucking Hmm. thing, is this going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back with my partner? Very strong clue in is if your partner says things to you like, you're always working, you never have time for me, if they're critical of you around how much time you spend either on a hobby or in your workplace, most of the time, that is them trying to say, I want you to make me important. Right. It's usually a cry for help, and the only tool they know is criticism. Because we're not taught how to vulnerably express what we're asking for from our partner. So if you are in this boat, I want you to kind of excavate a little bit, look underneath this and go, where do I get derailed? What do I end up making more important than my relationship? And then you have to to actually get that relationship calendared in some way. For us, that looks like a, a very strict weekly date night. That's right. We do not deviate from that. We, the only thing that ever changes that is travel. Or if something else comes up, we might add it only if we can put date night on another night. We reschedule it, yeah. If we can, yeah. If we can't put date night on another night, we typically say no. That's right. Because we have learned that what keeps us strong, the glue stick that holds us together, is that consistency of connection and making it really important. It's true. Just talking, watching movies, getting to know each other better, asking, you know, and asking like, how's the, how are things going with your business? Right. How have you been feeling about the new school you're starting? How are you feeling? And just really digging into what's really happening for us. And that can really happen quite easily with a weekly date night. Now, it doesn't even have to be outside of the house. So if you've got 
lots of kids or if you don't have a great babysitting situation, this could just be after the kids go to bed, you know, Tuesday nights starting at eight o'clock, this is our time. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's Friday or whatever, but you got to, you have to make it important. Do not tell me that this person means something to you and then tell me that you don't have any time to fit them in. Right, right. Right? You got to pick one. You have got to pick one. You either want to work on this relationship or you don't. You have got to put time, energy, and emotion into this relationship if you want anything to change because it's not just going to miraculously change. All right, so let's go through these five common pitfalls quickly and we will wrap it up. So number one, expressing your wants, needs, and opinions when your partner is ready to hear you. That's Mm -hmm. the new shift that we're going to make. Number two, instead of assuming you know what your partner needs, like, oh, you just need to see a therapist. Oh, you just need a treadmill. Oh, you just need to talk to your boss. Instead of that, letting go of the advice, asking them how you can support them best. Feeling, not fixing. Number three, incorporate the niceties, whether that's through text, whatever it happens to be, set up a new system that involves communicating with one another in like lovers. Number four, start gathering evidence for the things that you are overlooking when you nitpick your partner. What are the awesome things that they're coming through with that you just glaze right on over because you're picking them apart? Number five, make your relationship a priority. What does that mean to you? Does that mean saying no to other shit? Does that mean starting to decline things? Does that mean stop volunteering for shit? Does that mean putting a date night on the... What does that look like to make your relationship a priority? And if you need to journal it more, as I've said, there's freebies with this episode. Go to thejoyjunkie.com slash 296, grab your journal sheets, and look at how this really applies to you. This is incredibly important. If you want a different dynamic inside of your relationship, you have to do something. You can't just wait around like, oh, you first, honey. You just be a magical partner first. <laughs> and then I will be. No. Anything you wanted to throw in this space before we end? Uh, no. I'm just excited for the next five. Yeah. Yeah. This is half. That's right. That's right. So this is awesome. Well, I'll be right back at you in your feed next week with part two. All up in your feed. All up in that. I'm sliding into your DMs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Not really. Not really. Not really. It's a totally different platform. Amy, that's a totally different thing. You don't even know. In case you didn't know. Mr. Smith did his first Facebook Live a few <laughs> I weeks did ago. I do my first. Well. I've done other Facebook Lives. I, was I just don't upset. do it often. I just don't. I just like to. <laughs> I like to have a little anonymity. All right, guys, so we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out.